I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to you to, and to those who are listening online to heal the brokenhearted. It's time for the captives to be set free. If there's anything that keeps us from roaring, if there's anything that keeps us from fulfilling our destiny, it is hatred, anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. We could shout all the praises that we want, but if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the scripture that talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit. And if you look at that scripture above, the scripture says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. And the scripture goes on to say, it says, let all bitterness, anger, resentment, and evil speaking be put away from you. I believe as church, I believe those of us that are here, I believe that those who are listening online, I believe it's time to forgive your perpetrator. It's time to let go of the grudge. It's time to let go of the bitterness. It's time for a release in your own life because some of you have been in a prison. And I know for my own self, God has been speaking this to me as well. It's time for Margie Florent to let all bitterness go. How many of you know that there's none righteous? No, not one. And if there's one thing I learned about the devil is he will always attack you where your gift is. What's my gift? My gift is to teach the world how to pray. So if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. How can I be a faithful witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ if I can't even practice what I want to preach? So it's time to let it go. The prison of anger, resentment, betrayal, and even disappointment. The lion is roaring, but the lion is in a cage. I'm going to ask you a question. Who is holding you back? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. What is holding you back? You can't take the baggage of the past into your future. If there's one thing that I keep hearing the Lord say over and over and over, we heard it this weekend, and this was all unplanned. He said, I'm rewriting your story. I'm doing a new thing. It's time for a new chapter in your life. But you can't take your past into your future. When I was in a conference, a roundtable conference with Naomi Dowdy a couple of weeks ago, the Spirit of God kept saying to all of us leaders, he kept saying, you have got to reach your full potential. Many of you are not reaching your full potential. And I know for me in my own life, there's been some things that I've just been holding on. 
that's been keeping me from reaching my full potential. It's time to let it go. It's not worth it. It's time to live in the light of eternity. And if they've offended you and if they've hurt you, no, it is not okay. If they're abusive, no, it is not okay. But it's time to let it go. And I have good news for you. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It says in Isaiah 60, verse 1, it says, Arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new light. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come. It's time for you to fulfill your destiny and reach your full potential. And the Spirit of the Lord is here to help us because I believe he's doing a quick work. And I know that we can lay hands and we can pray, and we may do that at the end. But the Holy Spirit is going to encounter you right in your seat. The Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them that heard the word. Now, when it comes to healing the brokenhearted, the Holy Spirit is always very gentle. Very gentle. He doesn't come in like a rushing mighty wind. He gently hovers over his people and he's karabosha. And he gently begins to pour in that balm of healing. It's a gentle flow. It's a gentle river. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit. So as you sit in your seat, the Holy Spirit is going to bring to your remembrance all things. Who is it that you need to forgive? Who is it that you need to let go? Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears unto my sayings. They are life unto those that find it and health or healing to all their their flesh. The Holy Spirit and the word of God can bring healing to you. The word of God is like a medicine and it can bring healing to you. Like Angel said, you know, going to a counselor is good. And I've been to counselors. But there's nothing like the Spirit of the Lord bringing the healing and the Word of God bringing the healing. I remember one time I was going to a counselor. I've been to counselors several times, if you hear the one little truth. Because there's some things in my life that I can't control, and I'm not going to get into the details. But I remember one time I was going to this one counselor, and I just have to learn to be an overcomer in the midst of certain circumstances. How many even know what I'm talking about? Sometimes God says, no, 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 I'm not taking you out of that situation. You're going to stay in this situation. But where you're weak, I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to turn your mourning into joy. And they think they have you, but they don't know that you're like a seed. They think they buried you, but you're actually growing and sprouting in the midst of your trials and circumstances. I was going to this counselor one time, remember? You know, you never forget when the Holy Ghost speaks to you. You never forget it. Because it's that still small voice and you can't deny it. It's right here. My sheep know my voice. Yes, they do. And I remember I was getting out of my car and I shut the door and I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, no man is fit for the kingdom if he keeps looking back. And I'm thinking, well, what about it? 
because I was going into that counselor's office and sitting there, and I was just going to complain and complain and complain and complain and complain about everything I went through and what this person did to me and so on and so forth. And God was saying to me, forgetting those things that are behind. It doesn't make it right what they did, but let's reach forth unto those things that are before. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It grows brighter and brighter and brighter. But if we keep looking at what's behind us, we'll turn into a pillar of salt and we won't fulfill our destiny. And I don't know about you, but I want to fulfill my destiny. But I think one of the hardest things for us to do is to forgive. Because some of those things are so knit to your soul that it's happened to you. It's hard to let it go. But you know what the Bible says? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And like Angel said, I believe that God's doing this a quick work. Boom. And he's rewriting our story. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Now, somebody said that. I'd like to tell you who said it, but some people would get upset if I told them that it was Gandhi that said it. So we won't say that Gandhi said it. <laughs> she said that he's quoting Gandhi, and she's a born-again spirit-filled, tongue-talking, divine, healing, believing. She's quoting Gandhi. Get over it. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. When you forgive and you let it go, my friend, you are the hero in your own story. You are strong. You are stronger than you think you are. Forgiveness is perhaps the most heroic of all the moral virtues. Mary, in my opinion, is a true American hero. She forgave the man that killed her son. And any mother in here or father in here knows that the, the people that are dearest to our hearts are our children. We would die for them. We would do anything for them. And now here she's forgiving the man that killed her own son. If Mary was able to, to forgive the man that killed her own son, how much more can you and I forgive? The ought against us. Amen? What does it mean to forgive? Psychology today defines forgiveness can be defined as a moral virtue centered on goodness that occurs in the context of being treated unfairly by others. Now, I'm teaching you. I'm not preaching, and I'm not being prophetic, although I am prophetic. The one who then chooses to forgive deliberately tries to eliminate resentment and to offer goodness of some kind toward the offending person, whether this is kindness, respect, generosity, or even love. Didn't Jesus say, love your enemies? Bless those that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. I think one of the greatest acts of forgiveness that we could do is to lay down our lives and begin to pray for the person that's being mean to us. Pray for the person that... Uh, dishonored us. Pray for the person that was the perpetrator. Pray for that person. Because you see, my friends, the truth is hurting people hurt people. That person is a hurting person. And when we begin to pray for them, we begin to see them through the eyes of Jesus. And Jesus loves them. This I know. How do you know? For the Bible tells me so. See, 
Jesus loves that person. He so loved the whole entire world that he died for them. The Bible says concerning you and I, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that perpetrator is a sinner. And what he did to you is wrong. But God loves that person. The one who forgives does not automatically go back into a dangerous relationship. The forgiver can forgive and then not reconcile. Are you listening? I'm not going to get into that. This is not a subject, but I'm going to repeat myself. The one who forgives does not automatically go into a dangerous relationship. The forgiver can forgive and then not reconcile. You can love them from a distance. I'm going to tell you, I had some uh, have someone in my life who is a member of my family. We won't say where, how far back, or whatever. But this person repeatedly was abusive and mean, and every time something good would happen, I'd get a phone call, and it would be two minutes of just name-calling and cursing me out and so on and so forth. And I'm the nice one. I just kept being nice and being nice and being nice and being nice. And then one day, I set up a boundary, and I said, you're not going to do this to me anymore. I can forgive you, but I can love you from a distance. And it's actually healthier for me not to have any kind of ties or relationship with this person. Is it a family member? It is a family member. You know that some people who are your enemies are members of your own household? You may not want to hear that. You know, Jesus said, who are my brothers, my mothers, my sisters? Those that do the will of God. doesn't mean that we don't hang out with our, our kinfolk who are not saved. I'm talking about abusive people. I'm talking about maybe it's time for you to set up a boundary. I'm talking about maybe it's time for you to say no more. You're not doing this to me anymore. And whatever that means to you. I don't know who I'm talking to. But Jesus said to me, you are going to set the prisoner free today. So I set up a boundary. Did it make some other people in my family mad? Of course it made them mad. Nobody else was standing up for me. Are you kidding me? Nobody else was standing up for me, so I had to stand up for myself. And God said, enough is enough. Is that love? That's self-love. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's self-love. It's a perpetrator. It's the adversary, the devil, working through unrepentant people who want to destroy your destiny. Are you angry? I'm not angry because I'm good with it now. But I would think about that person and think about that person and think about that person and drive down the street and think about that person. And then it was just not, I was not setting my affection on things above. I was not dreaming. I was not creative. It was hindering me of my creativity and my destiny and robbing me of vision and purpose. See, I'm a melancholy temperament, so I'm a thinker. Oh, he said this to me. She said that to me. I can't believe she said this. I can't believe it. And I'd play the tape over and over and over, and I became a victim. Nobody, I don't want to be a victim. I refuse to be a victim. I am victorious, so I set up a boundary. I said, nobody's standing up for me. I'm standing up for myself. Who, who was it? John Bradshaw. You know, he talked about, he had that book, you know, Championing the Inner Child. Nobody here probably ever heard of him. You probably have because you're, you're very, you know, yeah. Championing the inner child. 
So my inner child took control. My inner child said, you're not doing this to me anymore. So you know what I did? I blocked them. I got a river of life flowing out of me. I blocked them. I set up a boundary. I said, they can't call me anymore. They can't talk to me anymore. They cannot have any more influence in my life. God said, some people, you just got to cut them off. If they don't repent, then you go to your elders. There's a whole step of the process. But if they don't repent, that's it. You got to let it go. Let them go. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. I believe it may even just be for one person. Let them go. It's robbing you of your creativity. It's aging you. It's making you sick. It's causing symptoms in your body. Let them go. You know, I know Angel said you shouldn't cut people off, but I'm talking about healthy boundaries. Now, do you still see that person? Yeah, the person is family. So the person's got to come to the house every once in a while. But I make it clear, you better behave. <laughs> the forgiver does not excuse the unfair behavior, but offers goodness in the face of unfairness. The forgiver should not think in, now listen, either or terms, either forgiving and abandoning a quest for justice or seeking justice alone without forgiving. The two moral virtues of forgiveness and justice can and should be applied together. Someone once said, you can forgive someone who wronged you and still call the police and testify in court. Mary chose forgiveness. Many people view forgiveness as something we do for the other person. They think, well, I'm supposed to let them off the hook and quit being angry with them. I'm supposed to be okay with all that happened. What happened to you is not okay. What happened to my friend is not okay. What happened to some of these young people is not okay. Not okay. We choose forgiveness in order to fully heal from the pain and the impact it had on all areas of our lives. Sakaya Manaya. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. You've got to forgive. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. It is a gift you give yourself. As long as I was holding on to what that person did, holding on, holding on, holding on, it was just making me sick. I wasn't sleeping at night. It bothered me. It annoyed me. It harassed me. Driving down the street just thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. Who wants to live like that? I can remember saying to God, you know, I just wish I had my life back. And, you know, I felt like the Spirit of God said to me, the way you get your life back is to forgive that person because it's holding you in bondage. Did God cause the pain? For the sake of those who are listening via online, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Was it God's will for Mary's son to live a long life? Yes. The Bible says, with long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. But the enemy came in, and the thief took him out. Now what are you going to do? The Bible says every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father. The Bible says if you then, being natural children, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more does your heavenly father want to give good things to those that ask him? God did not cause the pain. God did not cause the suffering. We live in a, in a world, a fallen world, where Satan is the God of this present age. And he is here. That's why we have got to pray for our children. We've got to contend for the hearts and destiny of our children. We've got to keep them protected through by our prayers. And we need to protect one another. You know, it's quite interesting because, you know, when I was coming here this morning, I mean, I don't even know how. I'm at the stop sign. This guy was doing a left turn. I'm going to go right. He was heading right toward me. I said, devil, you are a liar. Teresa already prayed. <laughs> that hedge of protection. God did not cause the pain, but God used Mary's pain. Listen, I'm going to tell you, God will use your pain. God has used my pain. God has used my pain. He'll turn that thing around. And what made you bitter? Like Mary was bitter at first. He turned it around, and God just made it better. God will use your pain. It says here in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, that we, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know what that means? It means the pain that you've gone through, the suffering that you've gone through, God is going to use that pain and use that suffering, and he's going to use you to minister to other people who are going through the exact same thing. My friend Susan had to leave. She got born again and went right in my office in my home. I don't remember. She knows the years, the time, the whole thing. But she went through cancer. And before that, she was working in a hospital. She was doing what they call healing hands. So she was the secret agent in the, in the, in the hospital, born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, laying hands on people through this community called Healing Hands. Then she gets cancer. Now, we, we walked with her. We prayed with her. When she was in surgery, at one point, we had a prayer call. We prayed for her for the whole entire, well, I can't say the whole entire, about, about four to five hours. And her surgery ended up being 11 hours. Helped her, prayed her through, like Aaron and her. <laughs> Guide the surgeon's hands, Heavenly Father. Guide the surgeon's hands. And to make a very long story short, when she came out of surgery, the surgeon said, I did something I only read in textbooks, but I felt that there was an unseen power guiding my hands. <laughs> How many times do we say that instead of tongues, the things we said in English were Guide the surgeon's hands. I'll be praying tongues for 10 minutes. But Susan is going to go back. She, now she's completely healed of stage four cancer. She's going to go back into the hospital. And I said, you are going to be more empowered than you've ever been before. God didn't cause it, but God will use it. You are able to comfort others with the same comfort wherewith you've been comforted. Because you sat where they sat, you relate, and now you have a greater compassion. I don't know who was saying it at the table, maybe Pastor Mark, or I don't know who, Pastor Marsha, I believe. You know, the people that don't have any scars, they're kind of hard to listen to. You know what I mean? I think 
it's good when we've gone through something because we can relate. You know, Jesus was tempted in all points as we, we were, and he showed the disciples his wounds. I believe effective preaching is showing people your wounds, Amen. being real with people. Amen. You know, the millennials, they want the real deal. They don't want no fake, phony, baloney preachers who got it all together. And some of that perfectionistic stuff is a religious spirit. So God used Mary's pain. Now, the person may never apologize. Don't demand an apology from them. It is quite interesting and ironic to me how people could say certain things to you and be completely oblivious that what they just did was painful, hurtful, abusive, and stupid. And you're this sensitive person, this godly man and woman, and you just want to serve God, you know. And then here comes that fiery dark. You know, those fiery darts are, are very spiritual. And the enemy sends those fiery darts to take you out. But I pray for you that your faith fail not. The person may never, you should not even demand an apology from them. They may never apologize. Jesus said in Luke 23, 33 and 34, and when they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified him. Think about that. Have you ever just in prayer just taken those scriptures and just imagined what Jesus went through? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his wounds we were healed. The Bible says in Isaiah he was unrecognizable. He did all that for you and I because he loved us. He so loved the world. He was the final lamb that was slain. And here Jesus is on the cross. They crucified him and the criminals on his right side and one on the left. And Jesus said, what did he say? You could quote it. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God as in Christ forgave you. And then Matthew 18 says, Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, that seems like a reasonable amount. And Jesus said to him, I don't, I don't say to you seven times, but I'm telling you straight up, 70 times seven. Forgiveness is a teachable and learnable skill that can dramatically improve with practice over time, like angels. Can I repeat that? Forgiveness is a teachable and learnable skill that can be dramatically improved with practice over time. In other words, the more you forgive, the easier it gets to just keep forgiving. You put that, that offense in that box that says, I'm not going to be offended. The more you do it, the easier it gets. It's like a habit in any kind of habit in life. You just keep, you just get, you just keep using that skill. And after a while, that person, if he's, he or she is still in your life, you know, if they, they say something or do something, after a while it'll be like, water off of your back, whatever, they did it again. You know, it's like that song Britney Spears says, oops, I did it again. I played with your heart. But you will be stronger because you've practiced 
forgiveness. Now, this is so interesting because this was in my notes on Friday afternoon, and the Spirit of God kept saying this to us. Don't you just love the Holy Spirit? You have the power to change or rewrite your story. Your grievance story is the one you tell over and over to yourself and possibly to others about the way you were maltreated and the way you became the victimized. I remember that time I was on the phone with you, Maria, and I was like, he said da 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 and he said da 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 and he said da 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 and he said da 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 and he said da 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 I just can't believe he said da 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 and I was playing that story over and over and over and over in my mind, digging myself more and more and more into a root of bitterness. That's my story because he said, da 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 But you have the power over your own story. You can cast your story in such a way that you become a survivor of difficult times or better yet, a hero in your own story. Rewrite your story so you see yourself, listen young people, so you see yourself in a more empowered way. I'm able to stand against it. And it's just making me stronger. Mary was empowered. She's got a ministry to murdered mothers of murdered children. I'm going to repeat that. Rewrite your story so you see yourself in a more empowered way. Perhaps you choose to disengage or limit your time spent with a friend or family member that has consistently been hurtful to you, which is fine. We said that. Perhaps you left a toxic partner. Do you know how hard it is to leave an abusive marriage? Do you know that it takes more courage and, and more heroism to leave a toxic, abusive marriage than it does to stay in that marriage? You had the fortitude to leave a bad situation. You're not a victim. You're a hero. You're a victor. You left. You chose life and life more abundantly. You were indeed the survivor and hero in your own story. Look at the strengths that you developed as a result of this situation. Look, look at the strengths that you developed as a result of that situation. I am the person I am today because of the trials, the tribulations, and some of the hell I've been through. And I've had, I've had a lot of hell, and Angel knows, and Marcia knows. But it made me who I am today. Arabos say, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he put a new song in my mouth. What the enemy meant for the evil, God turned it around, and it only made me stronger. <laughs> Being hurt or compromised can be your invitation to a transformative new path and a more fulfilling life. It's part of you rewriting your story. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 said, Do not remember the former things, 
nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Romans 8, 8, for the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed in us. These sufferings, these trials, all the things that whatever God is saying to you is only causing more glory to be revealed in you. It's perspective. <laughs> the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness means giving up the suffering of the past and being willing to forge ahead with far greater potential for inner freedom. It's your inner life we're talking about. The, only, the life that only you hear in your head. It's your inner life. Besides the reward of letting go of a painful past, you know as well as I do that it will also bring healing to your body. There's someone in here you toss and you turn at night and you're thinking about that victimization over and over and over. The Spirit of the Lord is setting you free. And I heard the Holy Ghost say he gives his beloved sleep. Forgiveness transforms anger and hurt into joy, healing, and peace. Forgiveness can help you overcome the feelings of depression, anxiety, and rage, as well as personal and relational conflict. It is about making a conscious decision to let go of a grudge. It is about setting, having personal responsibility. It is about setting yourself free. It is about setting yourself free. You have the power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to set yourself free through the power of forgiveness. I like what the, the, the boy said. Can't pronounce his name. But he said, you got to starve the pain. He said, feed the love and the forgiveness. If you have a problem forgiving that person, just begin to confess the love scripture. This is who I am. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I am patient. I am kind. I don't hold a grudge. I don't think any evil. So let's give up on holding on. Let's give up on being angry. Let's give up on holding a grudge. It doesn't mean they were right or what they did was okay, because it wasn't. It means you're the hero. You're the strong one. You're the warrior. And you can get out of that cage and war with victory. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.